What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's Waste Management Open. Happy Super Bowl week. Happy Waste Management week. Looking back at last week, Torrey Pines, one of my favorite spots. Man, did that have uh, did that have some drama? Did that have some intrigue? Obviously, a stacked field, a great course, a leaderboard with a bunch of studs on it over the course of the weekend, and of course, some Patrick Reed drama. I probably got more messages than I ever have uh, about either being dead on about how I felt about Patrick Reed or being completely off. So definitely polarizing stuff uh, coming out of the PGA Tour. Uh, But it is Patrick Reed who gets the victory. And we did have a couple of winners uh, in the community. And, you know, we've people send me screenshots. They send me nice messages. We've kind of gotten to the point where I can't share them all. It would be an hour-long show. I wish I could, but uh, I do like to pick a couple and at least point them out, whether it's for motivation purposes or whether it's showcase purposes, whatever it is. Um, And the first one here is from Chris, who sent me an email. He turned his $142 into almost $1,100. He says mostly due to $1 and $5 contests. And he says, you know, if uh, Ortiz did not have such a bad round four, it would have been a bigger day, but he's very happy with it. Um, So congratulations to Chris. And then I got a message in the Slack, uh, which uh, I don't know if this was meant to be public, so I'll just call him S. Uh, Essentially goes out and and profits about $21,000. Now it's a very, he is a very high volume uh, player, but he had a high finish in one of the big guarantees. And and essentially uh, was noting the, uh, the, the the database uh, that I have and, and the ability to kind of sort through and and help with the research process as quickly as possible. And that's that's really my goal. So that's why I wanted to share it. My goal is to provide you guys the tools to make the decisions yourselves, right? Point out some things that I think are interesting here in the content, but have the tools at rickrungood.com for you to do research quickly and efficiently so that you can have great results and you can do it by making your own decisions. So I have winners from last week uh, for those who are going to get subscriptions to rickrungood.com. So it's Chris Jolly and Zach Talley. Um, I've already contacted both of you, so I'll get you set up there. And if you want to win a subscription to rickrungood.com, there are two ways to do it. You can leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for the podcast version of this show. It's called 300 Yards to Unknown. It will be linked in the description. Say something nice about the show. Five stars. Leave me your Twitter handle. Boom, you're entered. That one's a lot easier to win because less people do it. Uh, The other way is if you're here on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel, like the video, and comment below with who's going to win the Super Bowl. Let's do that. We'll go. We don't have to do golf every single week. Tell me who's going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Comment below like it, subscribe. That'll get you into a draw. Do them both. Get entered in twice as often. Two live chats on Wednesday. I know there's a lot of housekeeping items. Two live chats on Wednesday, three o'clock, 8.15 PM Eastern time. Join me for both. Let's talk DFS. Let's talk waste management. All right. We are back on Bermuda TPC Scottsdale. Absolute staple on the PGA tour staple in video games, staple everywhere. You know, this course, everybody knows this course par 71 certainly will not look, or I guess feel like TPC Scottsdale of old. Usually this event gets, I mean, I think the record's 216,000 people in a single day. Uh, they did that a year or two ago. Uh, they routinely get over 180,000 a day. I think they're letting in like eight, thousand a day this year. So uh, certainly not going to be that raucous crowd. But I mean, this course has some gettable holes, right? Especially down the stretch. So I think 15 is a par five. 16 is now 
essentially an easy par three if there's no fans there, right? That's just a little wedge. Uh, uh, 17 is the the drivable par four with the water on the left. Uh, and then 18's, you know, 18's a good hole. But I mean, there's, there's fireworks down the stretch here. So this thing is certainly never going to be over. Uh, we are back on Bermuda for this week. And the key stats, uh, which if you're new, welcome. I run this model for all the metrics on the PGA Tour, all the all the um, main summary metrics. I think I think there's 145 of them for every single player, and I run them year over year over year for every course, and we find out what stats are most important, and we found it. We found the course where strokes gained approach is more important than any other course on the PGA Tour, and what that really means is. Guys that uh, end up finishing the season well and strokes gained approach, good approach players have more success here than anywhere else. Um, and it kind of makes sense, right? You're thinking about past winners, Webb Simpson, Hideki Matsuyama. I mean, these things, thinks about, think about these guys. Um, so, so no surprise. And uh, I did want to clear something up because there was a, a really great uh, comment and question in the live chat on Wednesday last week where the, the, the difference between value and rank on this tool, um, because, uh, for example, you can see strokes gained off the tee is more valuable than birdie or better percentage, but it's ranked lower. And the reason for that is things like strokes gained approach, they are valuable, incredibly valuable everywhere. So if you were just looking at, okay, every week it would be, what's the most important stat? Strokes gained approach, strokes gained approach, strokes gained approach. So what I do is I rank them against the other courses to give you an idea of what other courses, you know, strokes gained approach might be more valuable. And of course this week there is none. So we are going approach the green heavy this week. That's number one. The next most important stat is around the green, but that's 16th. So that's like top third birdie or better percentages in there as well. You'll see the, the bottom stat strokes gained putting is, uh, only 29th. So I, I, I mean, I'm like, I'm licking my chops here. I mean, this is, this is a Rick, uh, week right? Just ball strikers, tee to green guys, birdie or better guys, and just throw putting out the window and figure it out later. Like that is absolutely my style of golfers. And, and we can look at, you know, some of these guys in terms of strokes gain approach, we can look at them, um, in terms of birdie or better percentage. And actually, why don't, why don't we just do that? Why don't I just jump over to the Holy grail right away? And I will show you the best approach players for whatever period you want to see. All right, so here we are. I've got the waste management field loaded in. I've got the the DraftKings salaries in. Of course, the um, as as I'm recording this, the FanDuel salaries are not out yet. And let's just go since the start of 2020 and look at who the best strokes gained approach players are. Russell Henley, number one. Russell Henley in 69 measured rounds, 1.09 strokes gained approach per round. Will Zalatoris, we're going to talk a lot about him, uh, is second, 1.07, and then JT, just a hair below one. Those are your big boys. Matthew Neesmith pops up. He's fourth in terms of guys who have a good sample size, and then and then it is Hideki. So the guys that you're expecting, Zalatoris, we're going to talk a lot about. We can talk about Justin Thomas, uh, but this is a very critical stat for this week. If you want to go more recent, if you want to say, okay, what about just since the restart, you know, change this to June? get it to the middle of the summer. 
Henley's still there. Zalatoris is still there. JT is still there. No surprise. Um, Norlander pops up. That's a name we can talk about. He's only $7,500. Norlander's on this list. Keegan Bradley's here. He's a really bad putter, but I guess that's what you want this week. So approach game, ball strikers paradise. Let's jump into the cheat sheet and see what we can find. There are five golfers over $10,000 led by John Rahm. And again, the trend continues on DraftKings. The, the most expensive golfer, only 11200 I mean, it's they are really just allowing you to make some really incredible lineups. Also, I don't know if it's because it's Super Bowl week, but some of the bets that I've seen available, some of the odds I've seen available are very generous, very long. I don't know if they're just trying to take a lot of money that's going to be coming in this week, to grab some of that golf uh, handle as well. We can talk about that on the Tuesday betting show, but I was shocked at some of the numbers that have dropped. But anyway, DFS purposes. So John Rahm at 11,200, you know, he even, <laughs> the guy, you know, takes uh, what, three wood, five wood out of the fairway bunker on the 72nd hole at Torrey Pines, dunks it in the water, still finishes seventh. I mean, he's he's playing to win. Uh, if, if you thought his history at Torrey Pines was really good, It's not much worse here. Four trips to Phoenix, no worse than a 16th place finish, all of them between 9th and 16th. I mean, the guy is just a machine. I think he's one of the safer options at this point. Um, It's it's unbelievable. Xander, super interesting, especially because, you know, he was a a very scary fade for me last week, and and that did not work out. You know, he he finishes second, just grinds over the course of the weekend, didn't start slow, and, and I think we're really starting to see the real evolution of Xander Shoffley, which is um, now I think we're at, I don't know how many events in a row, 11 top 25s in a row, something like that. He do, he plays well on a course that has historically beat him up last week at Torrey Pines. Now he goes to a place that he's had good results at, three top 20 finishes in his only three starts. I mean, we are seeing the next version of Xander. He needs to win more, right? The last time he won was 2019 uh, Tournament of Champions. So he's going to need to win more, but like he he broke through that barrier, that Torrey Pines barrier. He Like this is this is a, an amazing stretch of golf he's on. I think he's proving a lot to a lot of people, myself certainly included in that mix. I'm dying to see what the ownership on the next two or even three guys is going to be. You know, Justin Thomas, who is coming back from Abu Dhabi, where he missed the cut, his first missed cut in in, in some time, uh, did not play the Farmers Insurance Open. He's had more volatile results here in Phoenix. So he misses the cut in 16-17. He has a top 20 in 18. And then back-to-back years, including last year, third place finishes. Um, I, I think JT's are probably a bit more risky, but that upside is so pure. You gotta love the upside from JT. Interested to see his ownership and inter- interested to see Rory's ownership because um, what we've seen from, from Rory McIlroy is, is interesting and it's a bit confusing. Let me pull up his player profile. Rory McIlroy is such a I- interesting case study because, you know, even his bad, like it's easy to say, a T18 or whatever he had last week is a disappointment, right? Because Rory is only graded on one thing. Uh, but then you can kind of look through some of his logs and you can see, okay, the Masters, he scored you 94 DraftKings points. He scored you 70 at the Farmers, 110 at the Zozo. Now that's a no-cut event. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't, you just can't put all four rounds together, right? And you flip over to the Holy Grail, you go to the Fantasy Scoring tab and you look at since the restart. So since 6-1. Uh, which is now basically a long period of time, right? We've got a lot of starts for these guys. And the way that I have this DraftKings points aggregate done is is I have it done in, in median, 
not in terms of average. So this to me is a better way to look at golf results because there is the volatility and the fact that you might miss the cut and miss half of those. So, um, you know, someone like a Martin Laird will have a much higher average because he went nuts at one event, uh, missed the cut at a bunch, but the average works out median. You can't really hide. So Webb Simpson, who we will talk about has the best median draft Kings points since the restart. Then it's Xander, Rom, JT, Berger, Henley. Like those are guys you'd expect. Ryan Palmer. I tweeted out a Ryan Palmer appreciation thread earlier. Uh, he's phenomenal. Um, Rory McIlroy, 73.3. That's the same median DraftKings points as Emiliano Grillo. Think about that. Emiliano Grillo and Rory McIlroy should be compared uh, in, in, in the same in no category. Uh, but here we are since the restart fantasy points. So it's, it's really concerning. Um, you know, I want to be early on Rory, but it's been, it's been really bad. Uh, it's been good by most people's standards, but bad by, by Rory's. And then Webb Simpson, who I, who I mentioned it, it's Webb week, you know, he's, um, still, still kind of recovering and the, and the recovery has been kind of long, uh, from what I understand in, in regards to that, that COVID test. And I think it, it took a lot more out of him than maybe he anticipated. Uh, but he still ends up finishing fourth at the Sony. He probably should have won that event. He will tell you that. His his record here in Phoenix has been phenomenal. He's got the second place finish in 2017. He's got the win last year, obviously beating Tony Finau in a, uh, in a playoff. And, you know, I go back to that holy grail. Who's a t- who is atop this board? Uh, when it comes to median DraftKings points since the restarts, Webb Simpson, 90 of them. 90 DraftKings points is his median. And you want approach players? Webb's a great approach player. I, I mean, it's just uh, lock and load. Let's go, Webb Simpson. Whatever it takes, um, he will be in. Uh, I'll, I'll have a lot of exposure to Webb this week. Going down to the 9K range, um, I, I'm not particularly interested in Hideki. Um, I, I can certainly get burned on this, right? He's he's going to be on brand. I know he's a great approach player, um, but the fact that his 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 history at waste management might be some of the best history anywhere. Uh, you know, you talk about it's like it's like Webb at Wyndham, maybe Rory at Eastlake, um, Cantlay at Shriners, Webb at or uh, and 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 Hideki at Waste Management, like those are like the best one. DJ at Pebble Beach, something like that. I mean, it's just it's just crazy uh, what he's done, and and I know that the ownership will be impacted by that, right? So we'll see what it is on on Wednesday. Daniel Berger is probably the most interesting to me. Uh, he is he is a kind of a light version of of Web of Web Simpson, uh, where he's just solid all around. Gets these great finishes. No one ever really talks about him. He's coming off a seventh place finish at Wiley. He's got three top 11 finishes in his last four starts here. Berger just hanging around, straight vibing. Uh, nobody ever really wants to play him. $9,600 is a really good spot. You know, 9200 I've I've talked a lot about Ryan Palmer over the last couple of weeks. I won't bore you guys with that anymore. Uh, but I will bore you with Will Zalatoris talk. Uh, $9,000. He's a guy who's been on the radar for quite some time. I'll go back to, you know, strokes gained by round here and show you the approach players since the restart. Now, I understand that Zalatoris does not have nearly the uh, the number of rounds as any of these other guys. He only has 14 measured rounds since the restart because he played in Bermuda. I think he had a top 10 there. So there, there's actually a case to be made that his 1.07 strokes gained approach uh, is actually in reality, better than that because he's had a couple of finishes that aren't measured 
uh, where he was awesome. I think he's got four top 10 finishes in his seven PGA Tour starts. This kid is the real deal. He's showing it. You saw what he did at Torrey Pines last week. He finished seventh. He put an exclamation point on it with uh, uh, an eagle on the 72nd hole where he just hit this massive, I don't know what it was, five wood, three wood, gets it to land soft, gets it to roll back, rolls in the putt. I mean, this kid's the real deal. Uh, I love it, and I and I just think this this continues to set up set up really well for him. You know, the one thing I did notice, the one thing that um, concerned me a bit, just a little bit last week uh, when I was watching him, is is he would spray it off the tee a little bit. He was not hitting a lot of fairways. You don't have to worry about that that much here. Uh, TPC Scottsdale, especially compared to Torrey Pines, uh, much less penal if you are going to miss the fairway. Um, I think I think this is a really really good spot for him. What in the world do we do with uh, this? $8,000 range. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen, Brooks Kepka, Matthew Wolf, Ricky Fowler, Bubba Watson, Billy Horschel, Gary Will. I mean, it's just question mark after question mark here. Uh, you know, are, are we going to, I, I'd actually, uh, you know, we're going to keep a close eye on Matthew Wolf. Uh, so he cites a hand injury uh, for his WD last week. You know, he was someone that was a, a fade because of the way that his, his driver was going. Um, Got to keep a close eye on that. He's going to come in at such a low ownership We'll we'll see if we know any more information by like Wednesday evening about about Matthew Wolf Brooks Kepka again huge question marks coming off of three missed cuts for the first time in his career. Um, I guess the most interesting names are are probably Gary Woodland. Let me see if I can pull up his round by round stuff from last week. Yeah, so this is a bit more concerning than I thought it was going to be. Um, he goes out and he shoots something really low on, on Thursday. That's the North course. We don't have the shot link data for that. So he goes out, shoots something, something really low, gets himself kind of in the, in the conversation. And then the three measured rounds after that, um, I'm concerned about this right here loses a half a stroke off the tee in round two, loses three and a half in round three, loses another quarter of a stroke in round four, approach game is, is essentially a wash over those three rounds, almost dead. Even, um, that is Gary Woodland's strong suit. And if the narrative of, Hey, Gary's back, he's not going to be injured. He's going to get back to his old self. If that's true, he's going to have to do it in those two ball striking categories. And that's not what we saw last week, which is a concern for me. So Gary Woodland is a golfer who has, uh, played well historically here, right? He's won this event a couple of years ago. He finished seventh, two years ago. Um, I'm I'm more worried after seeing those ball striking numbers from last week than I, I would have been before before I checked them. You know, we can plug um we can plug Russell Henley in at 82. Let's go over to the trends and see if we can find anything interesting here because I just this is such a, a difficult uh tier for me, this eight thousand dollar range. Let's do um let's do a year's worth of fantasy points. So this is the trends tool. I like this because you can kind of identify Quick little things of guys who might be breakout candidates or not. So let's just sort this by by DraftKings points. Uh, yeah, there you go. Median DraftKings points. See if we can find somebody in the $8,000 range. First guy still scrolling. Wow. There's guys in the 7K range who pop up before the 8K range. Uh, Brian Harmon. So Brian Harmon, uh, in, since the start of 2020, in terms of median DraftKings points, would be the best. Uh, of anybody in the 8K range, I should I should clarify that. Then Russell Henley, then Siwoo Kim. It's a pretty bad range. I mean, you're looking as I scroll through this. Then Matthew Wolf. As I scroll through that, you you can see all the guys in even the sixes and the sevens that have better median results than anybody in the eight. The eight's kind of a dead zone. Let's see what I can do 
let's do, since we're going to have more data, uh, let's do since the restart for strokes gain to see who, who I can find in the $8,000 range here. Louie. Okay. So Louie would be the first guy, then Brooks, but that's really scary. Oh, I'm sort. I'm an idiot. I'm sorting this by salary. <laughs> Don't, let's try this again. All right. Uh, Russell Henley would be first. That makes more sense. 1.3. Then see who, yeah, again, I mean, there are literally guys in the six and seven K range that are, that are better than this. So that's, that's scary stuff uh, to shout out those guys. So, so Munoz, we're going to talk about him. He's $7,100. He might be the most mispriced golfer on, on the entire slate. We're going to talk about him. Uh, but but this this 8K range is is super dead to me. You know, maybe I'll get Henley. Maybe I'll see what Siwoo's all about, but I'm not super stoked about it. If Matthew Wolf came in and was like 5% on Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, yeah, get back in on Matthew Wolf. Um, jumping down to that 7K range. So the 7K range, uh, I, I think, has a lot of value. The, specifically, we start at the bottom. So Sebastian Munoz, you know, he is someone, and I can pull up his, his holy grail, and we... Just saw him in that uh, in the trends tool, where essentially he is, you know, one of the better players uh, in this entire field since the restart in terms of strokes gained, and he's being priced as if he is like a bottom thirty guy in this field. It's it's kind of it's kind of crazy right now. You know, we haven't seen him since the Sony, uh, where he finished 65th. He finished 17th at the Tournament of Champions. Remember, that's only a 42-man field. And then he's got these missed cuts here at RSM and Mayakoba down the stretch. Uh, if you're willing to say, which I think we've done a couple of times here in this new year, hey, he's had two weeks to kind of get right, kind of reset him back to what his longer-term form is. I think that's a pretty good idea. And you start getting finishes like these coming down the stretch, you know, 18th at the Northern Trust, eighth at the BMW Championship. He was a big mover at the Tour Championship. He finished ninth at the CJ Cup, 14th at the Zozo, top 20 at the Masters. I mean, the, the, the longer resume for Munoz is much better than that of his peers. He's $7,100. Um, I'll be back in on that. He also has a very long number we can talk about on Tuesday. Just, just shockingly long, uh, especially for a guy who's actually won on the PGA tour. The guy that I imagine is going to catch a ton of steam this week is Henrik Norlander, because what we're seeing is a 12th place finish at the American express, a second place finish at the farmers. And if I go to the, you know, strokes gain leaderboard from last week, um, you can see second in strokes gain T to green. You know, he was great off the tee. He was great on approach. Um, he's probably not going to gain another three around the greens, but if he does fine, I mean, this is just, these are really, really good sticky metrics, uh, for a guy who was kind of a little DFS sweetheart, you know, to start off the, the 2021 season back in the fall. And he, and he kind of rewarded us a little bit and then, uh, missed a couple of cuts. And now he's coming back and, and playing well again. I imagine he catches a ton of steam at only $7,500 when you start looking around down here and trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, Sam Burns continues to be just, just a, an unbelievable, you know, enigma. Everybody's on him at the American express Shoots a 77, then a 66. Um, he was in the final group last week at the Farmers before just four-putting the first green and never getting back in action. Um, you know, his name popped up a lot, if you saw, when I was going through those trends of guys who are outperforming the $8,000 range in terms of median draft kings points, guys that are outperforming the $8,000 range in terms of strokes gained. So, $7,700 Sam Burns, I know it's terrifying. I know it is scary, but I think it's a lot better than than what the eye test looks like because the eye test looks like 
He missed the cut at the American Express, and he had a horrible Sunday in the spotlight uh, at Farmers, which is true, but it's not that bad. Max Homa. Remember when Max Homa was piling up top 20 finishes before the shutdown? I think five in a row from, I can get this right, five in a row from, I think it was Farmers to Arnold Palmer, Invitational. Five in a row, top 20s. He was awesome. After the after the restart, he could not get it going. I think he might be back. You know, you look at what he's done. 18th, 21st in the last two weeks. You look at how he played. I think he was sixth in strokes gained approach. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth. Eighth in strokes gained approach. Last week, obviously only three measured rounds, but the same three measured rounds for everybody. So that's a good sign. And then um, trying to improve on his T6 from the waste management last year. So those are probably my three favorite guys in the the $7,000 range here. I'll tell you what, uh, I can't imagine anybody's going to play Brendan Steele because, again, that's a perception reality thing where he should have won the Sony, didn't plays well at the American Express. He was had a top 25 there. Uh, he's missed the cut at this event two years in a row, but he's had a really good history before that. We just haven't seen him play. I bet you he goes pretty under uh, overlooked, I guess I should say, at $7,400. And then I imagine Luke List catches a, lot of, catches a lot of steam. He's just been, you know, kind of this weird fan favorite for like five or six years. If you used to do models at any point, Luke List would always pop up in, in your model because he was the original team no-putt guy. He's finally putting some results together, 21st, 10th in the last two weeks. Uh, would not be surprised to see a lot of people go in that direction. And then, you know, under 7K, the 6K range, um, not super thrilled about any of these guys. You know, my my gut says Kevin Shreelman's not all that bad. He's a good ball striker. He made the cut last week. Um, you know, Howard Varner the third, waiting for that breakout, right? I mean, he had a top 10 finish here two years ago. Not sure. I mean, the, the, the shape of his game has been, has been very poor. Still waiting for Doc to break out, right? I mean, Doc, um, you know, when I got a chance to talk to him before his season started, I mean, we, we, we talked about him getting off to a hot start. You know, get off to a hot start, potentially get yourself into some WGC events. Um, that's not what we've seen. You know, he makes the cut at the American Express, but he finishes 70th and then he misses the cut at the Farmers. We can look in uh, to what he did last week. He's probably only going to have one measured round, though. Yeah, I mean, so his one measured round at the South Course was pretty good. He lost two strokes putting. That's that's not going to get it done. We don't have the data from what he did at the North Course. Um, you're getting a really good number on him. I'm obviously a big fan, you know, but we can go to, let's just do this. Let's just go to the Holy Grail. Let's just sort this by round. Let's get Gary Woodland out of here. Let's say since the restart, we've got the field measured in here. We've got strokes gained approach and we can sort that and we can just look like guys in the 6K range who have a sample size. Uh, Keegan Bradley, 51 Measured rounds, he's 6,900. Matthew Neesmith, Doc Redmond, boom, one, two, three. So Doc Redmond's third here. Um, HV3 is there. Lucas Glover is there. I mean, this is where I would live, right? If I was in the 6K range and I was looking for guys to play, I would focus my attention on those names that I just said, which are Keegan, Neesmith, Redmond, Varner, maybe Lucas Glover, maybe, maybe Chez right? Like that, those are the names that I would live with. I know the stroke gain gain, uh, approach is incredibly important this week. So I'm going to go in that direction. And then let's make a, let's make a model. Let's do a model. 
You know, I think we were uh, really accurate last week. We gave a lot of credence to short game, right? We gave a lot of credence to around the green. We gave a lot of credence to putting. Uh, and Patrick Reed basically goes out and has one of the best short game weeks ever. Uh, so I looked this up since 2015. So I have it here. I was texting this earlier. So since 2015, there have been eight winners who have gained in short game strokes gain short game made up at least 80% of their total strokes gain. So think about that. So if you gain eight in the short game around the green and putting and you gain 10 in total, uh, that means that strokes gained short game would have made up 80% or more. So there's only been eight of those occurrences. Uh, Patrick Reed is two of them, including last week. Uh, one of them is Mackenzie Hughes, which is kind of crazy. And, and the, the, the big one is, um, no, Mackenzie Hughes is the big one, but Patrick Reed also did it in Mexico. So it was a short game week. So for this week, what are we looking for? Obviously, stroke chain approach. Uh, and I'm going to load up on it because not only is it essentially the most important stat every single week, but it is more important here than anywhere else. So this, I'm going to put in 40, which is a number I've never put into any other um, mod. I've probably never put 40 on anything before. Uh, I'm also going to go with uh, birdie or better percentage at about 20. Now, there's a couple ways to look at this. Since there's only, I believe there's only three par fives out there. So you can say, because there's less par fives, I want guys who are better at them because you're going to have less opportunity. Or you could say, well, that means there's one more par four. I want guys who are good at par fours. I guess I could see it both ways. I go with the... Um, the, the shortage. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with 20 on par fives. I'm going to go with 10 on par fours. And it leaves me with 10 to put on. Let's just put it on off the tee. Let's see what we got. Boom. Whoa. Justin Thomas. Uh, absolutely destroys it. Yeah. By far my number one golfer. 10,800. Webb Simpson, number two. Hideki, Rory, Xander, Berger, Scheffler. That's a name we didn't talk about. Might be a really interesting bounce back candidate because he was like one shot off the lead on Thursday, missed the cut on Friday. Really bad round. Rom, Woodland, English, Varner, Connors, Palmer, Zalatoris, Redmond. Yeah, I mean, these are these are guys that I would play, right? I mean, again, this is a Rick week. Uh, so these names are not at all surprising. The one that's probably the most surprising is Scotty Scheffler. I will probably dig a bit deeper into that. That's about it. I mean, these these are the names I talked about, right? I, I probably won't like Hideki as much as the model does, but maybe I should. But this is this is definitely reflective of the type of golfers I always play, especially this week, because that's what the model is talking about. So pretty interesting stuff. Um, okay. There will be more. So if you're on YouTube, there will be uh, sleepers, there will be fades, there will be a betting and one and done preview. Most of that will make it also to the audio feed. Um, there will be two live chats on Wednesday. I'll get Eric Patterson. We'll do another 300 yards to unknown this week. There's just going to be a lot of stuff going on. I love it. I hope you guys are, are having a great week. Tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck. And I'll talk to you guys soon.